Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your host, Dr. Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you folks with us again. Praise God, Pastor Stephen Huppin. Good morning. Good morning. It's great to have you, brother. And we've been going along and we've been using our word of the day and doing a study. Today, I'm going to go down a different road. I mentioned I'd do this yesterday, but I totally forgot. <clears throat> Excuse me, but we're going to go ahead and move along now. I want to start with our word of the day, however. It's a, a simple word of omnipresent. And we know that omnipresent means the eyes of the Lord are in every place, according to the Bible in Proverbs 15.3. Uh, behold beholding the evil and the good. In Jeremiah, the question is asked, can anybody hide himself in secret places? I shall not see him, uh, saith the Lord. Do I not fill heaven and earth, saith the Lord? God sees us. We can't hide. What happens in Vegas does not stay in Vegas. Uh, God sees everything, knows everything. We came from this place of God being all-powerful, of God being present uh, of God being all-knowing, and now God being present everywhere. And that's the God we serve. He's an omnipresent God. What are you thinking, brother? Yeah, if God's omnipresent, it, re- it really should do two things. One, it should cause us to be faithful to him because he's watching. He's there. Yeah. He's with us. We're, we're not alone. So many times we may think we're alone when we're in front of that computer screen or we're watching a TV show or you know we're in a conversation where we think it's just us and the other person. God is present. He knows what you're saying. He knows what you're looking at. He knows what you're thinking. So it should cause you to be faithful, but it also should provide comfort. You know, you're not alone. Yeah. So in a, in a sense, it should cause us to fear like, wow, I better be on my best behavior. God's here. Yeah. But it also should provide comfort. Like I'm not doing this alone. The Bible tells us that uh, go you into all the world and preach the gospel and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. So you don't do ministry alone. You're not all by yourself. God is with you. So really, that idea of omnipresence should cause you to be faithful, and it should give you comfort as well. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, a lot of people would view that and say, oh, man, what happens in Vegas doesn't stay in Vegas. Well, that's great news. It's a good thing to know that the Holy Spirit of God's in your heart and dwelling within you. God's seeing everything that's going on. He's all known. He's all present. He's right next to you. In the worst of days, in the worst of times, in the most terrible things, God never leaves your side. And that kind of reminds me of Psalm 91, where we go to the secret place of the Most High God, where we're under his wings. It's always available. You know, the God's availability is always the best ability is availability and God's availability is 24 seven. Yeah. It makes me think of the other day I was scheduled an appointment online for my daughter's car to get uh, an oil change. It was on yeah. Saturday scheduled at Saturday night. I was going to drop off the car Sunday morning, pull up to the place and there's a sign on the door that says due to, you know, staffing shortages, we're not open on Sundays. They weren't always available. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, they had advertised hours online, but it wasn't a reality. Yeah. Let me, let me tell you, God never puts up a sign that says, hey, due to staffing shortages, we're not available today. Yeah, no signs. No signs. God is available 24-7. Yeah. He's always present. He's always on the job. He never has to call in sick. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. So we, we I mentioned yesterday we were going to talk to Pastor Huffman about his testimony with his children and things like that, and 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 I'd like him to do that, I, honestly, so we know. It, it would probably be great, Pastor, if you just start, you know, I was so and such and such when I got saved, uh, 
up to your marriage. And let's just dedicate to this podcast uh, to how you got here today and those things in the middle that would help folks. Okay. Let me just back up a little bit. Uh, yeah. I born in 1970, born into a pastor's home, Greg and Ruth Huffman. Um, dad was assistant pastor at a church in Florida. And then when I was uh, 15 months old, uh, moved to Albany, Georgia, which is South Georgia. Dad started a church there, and it was at Circle Baptist Church. My dad was preaching one Sunday morning, and I don't remember all the details, but that Sunday morning, August 13th, 1975, God got a hold of my heart, and I repented of my sins and put my trust in Jesus Christ alone for salvation as a young Amen. boy. Uh, there, August 13th, 1975. I had a privilege of growing up in a godly home where I was... Uh, being encouraged in godliness and um, to grow in the Lord. And uh, in June of 1980, I surrendered to full-time Christian service. Amen. And then um, as a 17-year-old, I went off to uh, school to study for the ministry. Amen. And while I was, I was actually here in Greenville, South Carolina, I went to Bob Jones University. And while I was there at Bob Jones University, my wife was also a student. Her name is Rania. And uh, so... We made um, uh, really started dating uh, my junior year of college. Her dad was the music pastor at Morningside Baptist Church, and so I'd attended Morningside some, but of course God leads through pretty girls, and there was a pretty girl at Morningside, so I started attending more at Morningside and ended up joining at Morningside uh, when I came back from my grad degree, and Ronnie and I got engaged when I was in, in grad school, and then... We uh, ended up getting married, 1993. Amen. And uh, so got married July of 93, uh, got uh, ordained about a week later, and came back to Morningside, started my ministry on full-time staff at Morningside. And God blessed us uh, just a few years later with our oldest daughter, Ashlyn, and we didn't know what we were going to have. Uh, we decided to be surprised with the first one and didn't know if it was going to be a boy or a girl. We were having a baby, and God gave us a girl. We, Thank God for that, yeah. Which is a great thing. And then a couple of years later, God gave us another child, Austin. Amen. And uh, I'm personally glad to have both genders. I think there's a, a blessing in, in getting both sides yeah. of the coin, so to speak. Yeah, you, you do get different uh, personalities and makeups with a guy and a girl. Yeah. And then... God did bring us to a, a storm in our life. In 2002, uh, we found out that we were expecting twins. My wife is a twin. She has a twin brother. So mm -hmm. there's some twins in the family, and we found out uh, that we were expecting twins. But we shortly found out that it wasn't just a matter of expecting twins. One of the twins was having a, a health problem. And wow. so you go from just kind of seeing the regular doctor to now, you know, they want you to see a maternal fetal specialist and you're just getting more information about what's going on. And we found out that uh, our, our daughter was um, missing part of her brain. Um, we were facing, we really didn't know what, I mean, you know, when the baby's in the womb, you don't really have a full picture of what's going on. You have a, a little bit of an idea of what's going on. So it looked like it was going to be a handicapped uh, child. And to be honest, uh, we, we were scared. Yeah. We, we were nervous. And can I say something here? My wife and I yeah. are not advocates for abortion. We were pro-life. Yeah. But can I encourage you that are pro-life not to overlook the pain that families feel? Some families are really experiencing very real trials of maybe a very real temptation to abort 
a child, maybe because of a handicap or because of a life situation. So let me encourage you not to be so cavalier in your pro-life position that you forget maybe the pain that someone's coming from Yeah, that would lead them towards considering an abortion. Now, we didn't go the route of abortion, and I'm thankful we didn't. Our faith wouldn't allow us to go there. Yeah, But we need to be sensitive to those who are tempted that way, mm. that we're not, uh, Good point. not ignoring their pain. There may be a reason they're they're thinking of that, but and feel free, brother Doug, to ask any questions along the way. But I can. Well, there was. Keep a, going. I I have a question right here. I'm glad you said. I was going to kind of hold it to the break here, but a thought that came to my mind is obviously you guys get the word, the terrible situation, the news. Was there a Bible verse? Was there something that helped you during that time from the Bible? Was there anything you can look back at and said, "Boy, we." We, we said we're going to trust in this verse or we're going to trust in uh, all things uh, come together. For, I mean, was there a certain verse I, or verses? I would, I would say something for me that just kind of overarches the whole situation uh, is the idea that God doesn't give you more than you can handle. Yeah. In fact, I just taught on this passage in my Sunday school class this last Sunday. There is no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who not, will not suffer you to be tempted Above that, you're able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. And, you know, what, whatever temptation, whatever trial you're going through, God does not give you more than you can handle. Yeah. And in this situation, God did not give us more than we can handle. And I can explain more about that after the break, kind of how that played out. You in, still got a couple life. minutes. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we, you know, during the pregnancy, we found out we were having trouble with one of the one of the twins and there was more doctor's visits and I, there was a, there was a part of us that just wanted to be um, quiet about it. And uh, so again, just a little counsel when somebody's going through a hard time, there may be a period of time in their life that they're just not ready to talk about it yet. Yeah, They're not quite ready to share. It's, it's, it's private right now. And maybe in time they'll be ready to share. And there came a time when I preached a message at the church um, and really just told our church family what we were going through as, as my wife was expecting. We didn't know what was going to happen. And I, I preached a message about uh, uh, John the Baptist, and he was, here he was, he was questioning, uh, you know, really, was, was Jesus the Christ, or do we look for another? And here's a, here's a struggling saint. John the Baptist himself wasn't even sure. <laughs> um, and l- let me tell you, you can struggle in, in your own faith at times. And you're really not sure what's going on, uh, but we we um, God has sovereign answers for struggling saints, and yeah. God showed Himself strong that He really was the Messiah, He really was the Son of God. So there there are times that saints can struggle, and we were struggling, yeah. and and God saw us through. So I I was getting ready to start. I was working on my doctorate at that time. I was getting ready to start a class that day, and um, it was a Monday. And my wife got word from the doctor, like, we need to take these twins. The, the, the doctor wanted to take the babies that day. And my wife was like, well, wow, I'm not ready. You know, give me till tomorrow. And uh, so I had to put my class on hold for that week. My parents drove up uh, from Georgia. Her parents already lived in town. And we were getting ready to have twin babies the next day. And we didn't really know what was, what was going to happen. And uh, after the break, I'll tell you a little more about what happened and how God provided for us. We'll be right back.
Folks, thanks for hanging in there with us as Pastor Huffman continues on there. He got the word that they had to deliver the baby. They asked for another day. Parents driving to town, people reworking their schedule, and we'll go back with uh, Pastor Huffman here. Yeah, so it was August, uh, I'm sorry, July 16th, 2002. We were getting ready to have to deliver twins, and uh, there was twin girls. We knew, knew that, and my wife, because of it, the high-risk pregnancy, we had to have a C-section. We had to be at a, at a hospital with a good NICU uh, unit. So this was not an easy delivery. This was going to yeah. be a you know, high-level high delivery uh, there at a, at a hospital here in town, Greenville Memorial. Yeah. And uh, our first child to be born was the one with the trouble. We had given her a name, Aubrey. Mm-hmm. And uh, Aubrey came out of the womb. There was just a little bit of a cry. And then um, immediately the medical people worked with her, and uh, she was put on life support. And our second uh, twin was born just two minutes later, uh, Autumn. And Autumn was healthy other than being premature. She was only 3 pounds, 14 ounces, about three and a half weeks uh, premature. And uh, But other than that, she was pretty healthy. Yeah. And uh, so here we are on a Tuesday, July 16, 2002, and we're – uh, there in the hospital room, my wife's laying in her bed. I'm in a, like a cot beside her, and I've got two babies there in the hospital that are uh, in NICU. Mm. And if I remember correctly, a friend of mine, a godly man, he, he, he had talked about the idea uh, in his ministry about this is not a time for sloppy thinking. And that was not a time for sloppy thinking for me. I needed to, I needed to be thinking biblically. I needed to be thinking godly and not let my thoughts uh, get away from me. And in the next day, we were going to have to make a decision about whether we should take our, our daughter off of life support. I didn't want to kill my daughter. I wanted to make a good ethical decision, um, not to be cavalier with the decision. And, um, you know, they had done some testing, genetic testing. It looked like, you know, she had a certain syndrome. And um, so we, we had to make an ethical decision about about taking our daughter off life support, and that's what we chose to do. And uh, so the nurse brought her to the room, and we had a large group of family in the room. And so um, about 31 hours after she was born, God called her home to heaven. Mm. And uh, we were she was surrounded by family, and uh, she's with the Lord uh, today. Thank God for that, yeah. And uh, we... Uh, so that was July 17th, my, my third child, my daughter, passed away. I still had another daughter in the hospital, and my wife needed to care for her. She was nursing, so she spent about uh, three weeks or so in the hospital. Um, my daughter did. My wife um, was having to be at home and you know provide milk for the baby. My mom came to town and spent a lot of time with us trying to help out, and we just saw God meet our needs. Yeah. And uh, people were coming alongside us. Uh, you know, I had a guy in our church that was using his lawn business to cut our grass multiple times that summer. And wow. uh, we get to the funeral um, that Saturday. We did decide to have a funeral for our baby. Praise and, the Lord. Um, and have a, a time to honor uh, her life. And, uh, you know, we, my wife came to the funeral in a wheelchair and, um, uh, we drove away from that funeral, and we, we weren't a rich. I mean, I'm in the ministry. You, yeah. you don't have life insurance on a baby, you know. but there are costs involved with the death. We drove away from that funeral, and a family friend had given us a check for $1,000. Wow. And, you know, we saw God 
provide for us. And my, my wife, I, I talked earlier about the fact that God doesn't give you more than you can handle. My wife is not of strong health. She doesn't have a lot of stamina. She, she can't do all the activities. She doesn't go to all the events with me. She's, she's of uh, weaker constitution and health. Yeah. And God knew that for us, we couldn't handle a handicapped child. Yeah. We, we didn't have the strength to handle just the daily grind of that and the financial burden of that. And I'm not saying that other families can't handle handicapped child children. I'm not calling for an abortion, but God knew in our case that all we could handle was a difficult pregnancy and 31 hours of life, and then he would call her home. He didn't choose to give us 31 years of caring for a handicapped child yeah, you know the day in, the day out, the daily grind. God knew that that would have been more than we could handle. Yeah, and so I don't know what trial you may be going through today, but God will never give you more than He can than you can handle. He will be there uh, to give you a way of escape. He may remove that trial from from you. And for us, God used that as an opportunity to minister to other yeah. other, other people. It's it's opened up doors of ministry, and uh, you know I. My wife wrote her testimony about uh, her experience, and it's in a friend of ours wrote a book, uh, Hope for a Mom's Heart is the name of the book. Mary Ellen Wright is our, our friend and uh, is really for moms who are grieving the loss of children. Yeah. And uh, so Ronnie had an opportunity to uh, submit her testimony to be a part of that book. So I'll recommend that book to you by Mary Ellen Wright, Hope for a Mom's Heart. Yeah. And uh, maybe there's a, la- a lady out there that's going through, the through same. this. Yeah. A g- couple questions come to my mind, brother. First of all, so sorry for your loss. So thankful you're willing you. to share it. And uh, But a couple things came to my mind. One of the first things that came to my mind is, what's the right way to come up alongside somebody who's going through this? Yeah. I, I mean, from a distance, you can definitely be praying for them. Um, and... I think from a practical standpoint, um, uh, I, I preached recently about helping someone with grief. Uh, bring the book, and that's God's word. Yeah, you know. So, um, in an appropriate fashion, uh, share spiritual truth. Now, now, don't don't be flippant with it. Don't talk too much. Don't don't shove memory verse, scripture verses in their face, but bring the book. You know, speak spiritual truth into their life. Bring the cookbook, (laughs) you know. So deliver a meal to their house. Yeah. You know, the way you can practically help somebody is don't say, hey, if you ever need something, let me know. Just say, hey, I'm planning to bring a meal over. Would you like it Thursday night or Friday night? Yeah, yeah, pick a night. Pick it, you know. I mean, just, just kind of be up front, like, this is how I plan to help you. Let's get it scheduled. You know, don't put the burden on them to give you a call and say, hey, I want a meal tonight. I mean, is there anything you guys don't eat? Yeah, yeah, you know, just put it right out there. Put it right out there. Yeah. You know, hey, I want to cut your grass. You know, uh, yeah. you, what's your gate code? You know, we're, we're coming to cut your grass. You know, yeah. so bring the cookbook. Be very practical on how you help meet people's needs. It may be washing their laundry. It may be taking care of their kid. It may be providing a meal. It may be giving them a ride to the hospital to see their kid that's still in the NICU. I mean, I don't know what. Yeah, God may call you to do, but bring the book, bring the cookbook, and then lastly, bring the checkbook. Yeah. And, you know, there are many times when people are going through trials, there are financial costs that are associated with that. Yeah. 
you know, maybe a funeral cost, maybe and even, extra medical yeah, bills. Even 20 years ago, I'm sure it was five, 6,000, if not more. So, to, uh, yeah. you know, thankfully it was, it was, uh, economical to bury a baby. You know, yeah. babies are not as costly to bury as, as yeah. adults are, but there's still cost in, involved. Yeah. So there's my three little points for you. How do you come alongside someone, bring the book, bring the cookbook and bring the checkbook? What are you open to? I mean, you, you show up at a house and I, I know you've assisted hundreds of people at church and, uh, you've been a blessing to us. Debbie tells the story just before she had a, a double hip replacement. Uh, no, she was in the hospital. I was, uh, a thousand miles down the road and drove home. And Debbie was in the hospital down here at Greenville Memorial hospital. And Debbie's uh, a little bit like Rania. You know, there's some health issues. Sometimes she, you know, by the time we come back from trips, she'll spend two or three days in bed. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a lot more difficult for my 60 year old wife than it is for a 60 year old man. I know that. And, uh, uh, but where do you go when you're ministering to people? Is there a to-go chapter, a go-to chapter, a, a, a go-to book? I mean, what are you open to when you show up at someone's house? Does, you know, I, th- I think when you go to minister with someone, and I'll give you a personal testimony. Years ago when I was young in the ministry, we had yeah. a tragic accident in our church. A, a man was killed in a motorcycle accident. And I'm over at the house afterwards with another staff pastor who'd been in ministry longer than I had. And I talked too much that night. And so that pastor challenged me about that later. And I want to encourage you, sometimes you need to show up, but you need to shut up. Just listen, huh? Just, just be there. Give, I, 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 I met with someone on, on Sunday that's going through a real tragedy in their life right now. And I gave him a hug. Sometimes that's what people need. They need you to show up. They need you to give them a hug. And you need to sit down and shut up. They don't need they don't need a sermon right then. Just they, answer questions, pray with them. Yeah, have have a word of prayer with them. Be in the house, uh, uh, comfort them, but yeah. don't feel like you have to have all the answers. And I needed to learn to shut up. Yeah, uh, I'm a pastor. I like to talk, but yeah. sometimes you don't need to talk. You need to show up. And typically, when I'm visiting, let's say somebody in the hospital, I'm not typically staying a long time. I'm usually walking into the room. I'm usually just standing. I'm not sitting down usually, uh, talking with them, having a word of prayer with them. You may uh, at times read scripture with them. Maybe there's a passage. Ask them, is there a passage you'd like for me to read? And yeah. then, then, you know, read read their passage. This, yeah, this, just pull this that special out. to them. Hey, folks, I hate to cut this off, but we're going to go right back to it tomorrow morning. We're right up against the time, and we want to be sensitive to you stations out there and you folks with what's going on. I want to thank Pastor Huppin. I want to thank you for coming out and listening today. If there's anything we can do to help you, again, you can find us uh, Helpful Wounded Spirits Facebook page, Doug at WoundedSpirits.com. Remember, the TV show is out there. People are watching it. We've heard about 36 sailors in a strike force group getting saved over watching this video once a week out there to see. So uh, make sure you get out there and see that. If you've got someone you can recommend it to, it's HelpfulWoundedSpirits.com. We'll bring you right to the TV show or Wounded Spirits com. Click on TV show. We'd love to do that with you. We sure do love you folks. So listen, when you go out today, make sure you wear that smile that only God can give you. Thank you. May God bless you. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death.
Third, Jesus paid that price for you. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at woundedspirits.com.